off when the clock has started. Hi, I'm Nolan, and this is episode 99. Yes, he's done 99 episodes. I cannot believe it. Of 20 minutes, you'll never get back. I can't believe it either, Nolan. Yes, my name is Doug Prezak. Do I sound like my normal self? <laughs> we'll have more on that in just a bit. Uh, thank you very much, Nolan, for being my announcer for episode 99. I can't believe it as well. Uh, these started a long, 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 long time ago. Anyway, let's see what's going on here. Uh, i got to check my notes. So, yes, first of all, I want to say thank you to everybody for tuning in. I appreciate it, as always. And, you know, I usually t- pick maybe three different cities and uh, welcome them. This For this episode, number 99, I decided I'm going to go over the list of the cities who downloaded last week's episode and there weren't that many because apparently y'all didn't care about the 12 facts in 20 minutes. <laughs> so, but here, these are the people I know. I love you guys. I can trust you guys to always be there for me. Washington, D.C. Thank you. Uh, Lincoln, California. Rancho Cordova, California. Dublin, Leinster in uh, Ireland. Frankfurt Amman in Germany. Los Angeles. Adelaide, South Australia, Portland, Oregon, St. Paul, Minnesota. I think that's a new one. Sunnyvale, California, Milpitas, California, Jersey City, New Jersey, San Mateo, California, Hayward, California, Alameda, California, Valencia, California, Taylor, Michigan, and uh, Tony and his clan down there in Santiago, Chile, uh, Amsterdam in uh, North Holland, Vienna in Austria, St. Petersburg in Florida, and Stockholm, Sweden. Thank you very much. You guys are my regulars. You're the backbone of the show. <laughs> You're the reason I keep doing it. Uh, that and I have nothing else to do. All right. So now you're saying to yourself, eh, yeah, that was all fine, Doug. What's with the voice? Well, um, I was auditioning for the part of Barry White in a play. No, bad joke. Sorry. So recall last episode, I had the uh, grandkids here for uh, two different weeks. And uh, we did uh, the theme parks with the boys. And then uh, last week we had the girls here. Well, being the exemplary grandparent that I am, I sent the two little girls home with COVID. What? Oh, my God. (laughs) I cannot feel any worse ever. If there is a silver lining in all of this, they they do seem to be doing a little better. One of them has it a little bit worse than the other one, but... uh, they, they are tolerating it, and last time I heard, they don't hate us. So, man, I cannot feel any worse than I do right now. <sighs> we do not know exactly where that happened. We were in a major mouse-based theme park, which I often refer to. Uh, there's an area in there called Fantasyland. I refer to that as the cesspool of COVID activity. Um, you know, the girls were masked and we were trying to be cautious, but, uh, the day they left, they were tested and they had COVID Well, the next day, um, on Sunday, I ended up sounding like this. I thought, Oh no. So I did one of those, uh, home tests and it came back negative. Now I realized I was within the five, you're supposed to wait five days. I say, if you wait to five days and you have it, you've already spread it around. But anyway. It came back negative. So then I thought, well, I need to get some official super-duper testing. So I went to uh, the hospital, and I had a a test there, and uh, that came back negative as well. Now, the official five-day is on Friday. So I will be doing one more test on Friday to find out if I ended up with 
COVID because uh, this is horrible. Um, I do not want to downplay the tragedy that hit so many families when this COVID thing first came out. I mean, a million people died from it. And uh, since then, we had uh, the vaccines and we boosters. I've been vaccinated. Uh, I have been boosted. If I could, I'd walk around with a booster IV drip on me all the time. So I, I'm not making light of the situation at all. I just, I, I, I may have this. And if I do, uh, it's just not fun. But I am not diminishing the impact the early stages of this uh, infection had on, on the world. So, But we're going to find out on Friday uh, to see just in fact if, if I have COVID or not. The irony of this is not lost on me. Way back on June 16th in 2020, the very first episode of this podcast series was called Stuck at Home. And it talked about, you know, the COVID lockdown. And it was all about having to do jigsaw puzzles. Everybody was stuck at home. Well, for 772 days uh, and 98 episodes, it may have finally caught me. But there is a little bit of a silver lining here. I am very and I mean very prone to summer colds. Anybody else out there? Every summer, I get a cold. I have no idea why. Um, it's the whole enchilada. The coughing, the bad voice, the sneezing, runny eyes. Uh, I can't even get vertical. I just want to lay on the bed all day and be a big baby. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was a little coughing spell, could you tell? Uh, the trick here is not to laugh, <laughs> because if I do, it goes downhill very, very quickly. So to bottom line this, I don't know if I have COVID. I don't know if it's my classic summer cold. We're going to find out on a Friday, and this is my promise to you. I am going to do the test live on Friday. You are going to find out at the same time I do if it's positive or negative. Won't that be fun? <laughs> Won't that be fun for everybody? <laughs> And if you ever hear dead air, no talking, no nothing, it's probably because uh, I passed out from exhaustion and I'm laying on the floor. <laughs> okay, this beginning bit uh, was recorded on Wednesday, and uh, we're going to wrap it up, and then I'm going to come back on Friday, and A, we'll see what my voice sounds like, and B, we'll do the test, and C, we'll do the real topic of the show, because I'm sure you're tired of hearing me whine about COVID. All right? I will talk to you in what it really is two days but it'll seem like two seconds to you <laughs> i'll be right back all right it is now friday july july 29th and i think i sound the same uh, but that's up for you to decide i said i'd be taking a, a covid test live and i have in fact done that so i uh, i you know i shoved those things up my nose scratched my i think i poked a hole in my brain uh, my eyes are watering and mix it up with a solution and put those little drops on that measuring stick thing. And I uh, have set a timer because it, the instructions are very clear. For some reason, I do not know why. Very clear. It says, do not look at test for 15 minutes. <laughs> What's going to happen if I look at it? Does it blow up? I don't get that. So, I, you know, so it's under a bowl. Okay, so I can't look at it. But what happens when you say to somebody, don't look at this? <laughs> You want to look. Why Why? Why do they even put that on there? But I'm following the rules here because this, this is a new test. The other ones I've taken never said that. They said, sure, watch all you want. But this one, for whatever reason, says don't. So uh, uh, it's it's under the ball. The timer is set. And uh, in approximately 15 minutes, we are going to find out what the results are. 
I seriously do not think they're going to be very good. (laughs) But in all of that, that got me thinking, sitting back and waiting for 15 minutes, not looking. Um, So, you know, I set a timer on my phone, but I thought it would be even more fun to use one of those three-minute egg timers (laughs) just because it's something to do with so it doesn't make me want to look under the bowl. So those little egg timer things, you know, hourglass, um, three minutes are up, your eggs are done, and you can spin it over and start over again. And that got me thinking even more about the uh, hourglass or the minute glass or the three-minute egg timer glass, whatever you want to call it. And then I thought, well, wait a second. That's the logo for this whole show is an hourglass. <laughs> so why not do a little bit of history of sands through the uh, hourglass? Remember this? Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Okay, so maybe it's just 15 minutes of our lives. <laughs> but it's going and uh, we'll find out a little bit, all right? So, on the show, our glasses. This is what I found out. There's not a lot. <laughs> the origin of the hourglass is unclear. What else is new for this show? <laughs> its predecessor was the clepsydra, which was a, a kind of water clock. It's known to have existed in Babylon and Egypt as early as the 16th century uh, B.C. And now we're going to jump ahead to the uh, early Middle Ages for all of you time travelers. There are no records of the hourglass existing in Europe prior to the early Middle Ages. Well, that's just a fine how do you do. The first documented example dates from the 8th century. The hourglass was crafted by a Frankish monk named Liutbrand. <laughs> I hope they got that right. <laughs> He served at the cathedral in Chartres, France. But it wasn't until the 14th century that the hourglass was seen commonly. The earliest firm evidence of an hourglass being depicted was in a fresco created in 1338 titled Allegory of Good Government by Ambrosio Lorenzetti. Uh, I don't know what's with me today. The use of marine sand glass has been recorded since the 14th century. The written records about it were mostly from logbooks of European ships. Marine sand glasses were very popular on board ships because they were the most dependable measurement of time while at sea. Because unlike the uh, clepsydra, you know, that water clock thing, the motion of the ship while sailing did not affect the hourglass. The fact that the hourglass also used granular materials instead of liquids gave it more accurate measurements. That clepsydra thing, well, that was prone to condensation inside uh, during temperature changes, and that gave it some false measurements. During this time or sometime later, who cares? It is side of, is one of the side effects of COVID making you cranky. <laughs> anyway, the hourglass found popularity on land. It became more common for mechanical clocks to be used to indicate times of events like church services. Now, while this created a need for keeping track of time, the demand for time-measuring devices also increased. Hourglasses were essentially inexpensive, as they required no rare technology to make them work, and their contents were not hard to come by. As the manufacturing of these instruments became more common, their uses became more practical. Pushing the pause button for a second, I really want to look under that bowl and see what the uh, test results are. (laughs) I know it hasn't been 15 minutes yet, but I really, you're excited about this as I am too, aren't you? (laughs) 
Hourglasses were commonly used in churches, homes, and workplaces to measure sermons, cooking time, and time spent on breaks from labor. Wow, bosses were keeping track way back then (laughs) using hourglasses. Because they were being used for more everyday tasks, the model of the hourglass began to shrink. The smaller models were more practical and very popular as they made timing more discreet. (laughs) I'm not certain why that (laughs) is in italics, but that makes it more discreet. After 1500, the hourglass was not as widespread as it had been. This was due to the development of mechanical clocks, which became more accurate, smaller, and cheaper, and made keeping time easier. The hourglass, however, did not disappear entirely. Although they became relatively less useful as clock technology advanced, hourglasses remained desirable in their design. Little written evidence exists to explain why its external form is the shape that it is. The glass bulbs used, however, have changed in style and design over time. While the main designs have always been ampule in shape, the bulbs were not always connected. The first hourglasses were two separate bulbs with a cord wrapped around their union that was coated in wax to hold the pieces together and let sand flow between. It was not until 1760 that both bulbs were blown together to keep moisture out of the bulbs and regulate the pressure within the bulb that varied the flow. Now, while some early hourglasses actually did use silica sand as a granular material to measure time, not many used sand at all. The material used was most often powdered marble or tin and lead oxides or pulverized burnt eggshell. (laughs) Now, while they are no longer widely used for keeping time, some institutions do maintain them. Both houses of Australian Parliament use three hourglasses to time certain procedures, such as divisions. Whatever that means, good, good on you, Australia. The sand glass is still widely used as a kitchen egg timer. Egg timers are sold widely as souvenirs. What? Souvenirs? Hey, can you imagine? Hey, look, we went to the Grand Canyon and we bought this egg timer. <laughs> sand timers are also used in games like Pictionary to limit the time of a round of play. And speaking of timers... The moment of truth has arrived. (laughs) It's apparently time for me to remove the bowl and examine the little stick that's underneath it that'll tell me the answer, do I have COVID or not? I know you all must be terribly excited about this. (laughs) But come on, how many other times have you heard a COVID test result done live? (laughs) All right, I'm going to remove the, uh, the bowl from it and the stick. There are some lines. Uh, I'm going to get up the brochure, which is like 12 pages long. Uh, lines. What do lines mean? Here it is. I, I've got two pink lines, so I don't know. Maybe I'm pregnant. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, two lines mean that, in fact, you have COVID. Oh, fuck. Well... Thanks for joining me on this trip. (laughs) I really thought it was a summer cold. I guess I need to go break the news to my executive producer. Following that, I'll go get the guest room ready because that's where I'll be for five days. (laughs) Uh, What have we learned? We haven't learned anything (laughs) except that Doug has COVID. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. We did learn about hourglasses. (laughs) Oh, God. Well... Um, I don't know what to say, except uh, thank you very much for listening and hope you enjoyed the (laughs) COVID test. And I hope you don't have COVID. If you do, um, 
I feel sorry for you. That will do it for now. Uh, thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you next time on 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Bye-bye. Hello, Kaiser. Yeah, this is uh, Doug, you know, from uh, 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. So um, I just tested, and I tested positive for COVID. So I was wondering if I can get some of those pills, uh, that Plaxo stuff, you know, the stuff that Joe Biden took. Yeah, okay. Thank you very much. Hi, it's me again, Doug. I want to take up a couple more seconds of your time just to remind you, if you want to stay informed of when uh, the next podcast is posted, all you need to do is sign up at uh, on that Instagram machine. It's at uh, 20MYNGB, 20MYNGB, and that means 20 minutes you'll never get back. Uh, if you sign up there, you'll uh, always see when the next podcast is uploaded. And if you want to leave some comments, by all means, please do go to the uh, website at 20minutespodcast.com. So it's 20minutespodcast.com. And uh, you can uh, leave your comments there. It also tells you how you can be an announcer for the show. So take take a look at those two things if you like and stay informed. And I'll, as always, thank you very much for listening to uh, 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Bye-bye. <laughs>